some good progress on the, uh, on the code side with a load resistance factor rating. Um, my presentation, the portion of the presentation is challenges using LRFR load ratings to permit overweight vehicles. Rather than challenges, I probably should say opportunities after listening to, uh, uh, to Pat Williams this morning. So, um, let's think of it as an opportunity. The presentation is going to be divided into four parts. First, we're going to talk about the comparison between uh, LRFR and load factor resistant, uh, load, uh, load factor uh, ratings. We'll talk about the use of shear limits in load ratings for permitting overweight vehicles. We want to talk about overweight permits for double wide truck trailers using LRFR. And finally, I'm going to talk about processing overweight permits for databases which have LRFR, LFR, and ASD, allowable stress design or working stress, whatever you want to think, whatever you want to refer to them as, uh, load ratings. Okay, the LRFR, LFR comparison. Uh, first of all, I'd like to mention there's a pending NCHRP study that will compare LRFR to LFR for shear and for moment. The FDOT experience is that LRFR is more restrictive than LFR. And for as Andre mentioned, for widenings and rehabs, FDOT uses the best results between the two. If LRFR doesn't work, we try that first. Then we'll go to LFR. And if that, that still doesn't work, if we still can't get 60 tons, uh, we may even go to finite elm or something. Uh, we're trying to save as much of our infrastructure as possible in these tight budget times. Uh, Transportation Research Project 1278 plans to compare LRFR to LFR for shear and for moment. And we hope for a clearer picture with this research of how these two compose, these two codes really compare with each other. And maybe hopefully some insight as to why they're slightly different. Although we know somewhat why they're, they're different because LRFR is really statistically based and LFR was just good old fashioned engineering judgment from what I can tell. FDOT calculates and uses shear load ratings for permitting overweight loads, and some state DOTs do not. Actually, the truth of the matter is that we didn't do it until recently. So a lot of our database, really, we do not have uh, shear load ratings, and uh, we're picking them up now and trying to deal with them. Many FDOT bridges have low shear ratings using LRFR, which limits mobility. Some instances we've had to do some exotic analysis to justify why we uh, basically mobility and not lowering the, uh, uh, the load rating on these bridges. There was a recent FDOT project which showed a reserve shear capacities of 25 to 30% as a research project for a typical Ashtore girder bridge. Now this is one girder, but I think it's a good example that there are additional uh, capacities in shear of course, that was taken into account the Dex Lab, um, and we'd like to have a better handle on that because you don't get too much of a notification before you crack a girder. And what we really think is that more research is needed in this area and results implement. And I say that because basically all of us in this business know that shear has been researched over the years for a long period of time. I think it's time to try to reach some conclusions and help the, those of us out there in the uh, permitting end. <coughs> Double wide trucks. LRFR is a statistically based code. Both sides of the equation, the resistance side and the, the load side have statistics attached to it. 
The statistical nature of LRFR makes it unclear how to best utilize FL120 load ra uh, ratings to permit double-wide loads. Let's hold that thought for a second. FDOT sometimes closes bridges to traffic and walks double-wide superloads across at walk speed. What happens in those instances, there are no statistics on the load side. We know exactly what we have. We can measure the, uh, um, the spacing between axles, both longitudinally and transversely. We know that ahead of time. We know exactly what the uh, uh, loads are on the axles. If we're worried about it, it's really close, we'll get motor carrier compliance out there to confirm that before we allow it to cross the bridge. But, you know, you have load factors that we're using. We really would like to use our database uh, for uh, FL120 to do this. But the problem is the trucks don't exactly put the wheels where you would, they would if there was two trucks passing in similar lanes. And we have to make, draw certain conclusions from that. And uh, it's a bit of a challenge. We would like to have, see a little bit of code guidance in terms of how to use uh, L, you know, FL120 um, for these type of situations. Basically, FL120 is 60 tons. I want to say that for our purposes, we have truck and tractor trail maps and we have crane maps. And once we find out that we have 60 tons, either you have an FL120 or we have an HS loading of 60 tons, all of our trucks and tractor trail for our permit vehicles, for our blanket permit vehicles, which last a year, are able to cross over these bridges. So that's our goal. FDOT has LF, LRFR, LFR, and ASD load ratings in its Pontus database. The great majority of bridges that we have are load factor resistance. What FDOT does is FDOT uses an Asabi program uh, which works with Pontus to analyze overweight loads. This program has been is undergoing a patent, and I think it stands for, I'm not really sure, I think it stands for Automated Structural Analysis for Bridge Evaluation. What it basically does and, it, and is it takes the load, the Pontus loading, on the critical location on the bridge, and it ratios it to, uh, uh, does a calculation, um, basically a simple span, and it compares it to the load rating in, the, in, uh, in Pontus. Now, for the majority of the loads that we have, this tends to work. If it doesn't work, or if it's, we have a reason to believe that it doesn't work, then we go through more ex uh, exhaustive analysis. But we process 140,000 permits a year, and about 20 to 25% of them are uh, overload, and the rest are overdimensional, overweight, as opposed to overdimensional. And um, people doing this work are really technicians. The engineers don't get involved until something shows up in terms of the, the output that would indicate for us that we would want to take a look at this. So it's worked well for us. Uh, there's only uh, one engineer that really is responsible charge of this, and there's three others of us in the office that can, that can go in there and we can assist as necessary. FDOT cannot justify the cost to reload rate existing bridges using LRFR for two reasons. Cost would be prohibitive. And the other reason is it's a real hard sell to upper management. What we're finding out is basically, well, we, if we reload rate our bridges in LRFR, what usually happens is the load rating goes down. So we end up with a situation where we may have load restrictions, which we didn't have before, and uh, upper management just doesn't see the benefit in that. LRFR can limit mobility, 
And that's the reason that we take a look at LFR on widenings and on rehabs. However, all new FDOT bridges will be load factor, load resistance factor designed by that code, and they will be roll load rated LRFR, and we're very comfortable with that. At any rate, that completes my presentation. This is my contact information. If we have time, I'll take any questions. Any questions for Jeff? Thank you very much. No, I've got a question. I'm not going to let you go. Okay.